this is Tell Me What to Read, the podcast of booktopia.com.au. I'm Nick Wasiliev, and once again, I'm delighted to be back for another book discussion. Um, and this time we're back with yet another student special. This week, through the magic of the Zoom, of the world of Zoom, we are hopping on the light rail and heading over to the University of New South Wales. And I'm delighted to be joined by members of the Advertising and Public Relations Society for UNSW. Um, first of all, Jamie Chambers, president of APRS. Hello, Jamie. Hello, how are we doing? Very, very good, thank you. And then secondly, Carisha Parks, Projects Team Director at APRS. Welcome, Carisha. Hi. Um, it's lovely to have you both and it's great to, to, chat, uh, to chat books and, and everything with you. But first of all, let's, let's dive into the stuff that you do with APRS. Um, Jamie, what's the, what, what sort of stuff do you get up to, uh, get up to with APRS? Sure. Um, so I guess to start off with the Advertising and Public Relations Society here at UNSW, uh, we're a student-run organization under the umbrella of UNSW's ARC. Uh, we were founded back in 2013 when I was a wee boy in year six, um, but I joined as marketing subcommittee in 2020, what a year, and then vice president external last year, and then here I am president today. Uh, basically, what we do is provide events for our members and with exclusive insights from industry professionals, um, such as later on today, recording on a Tuesday, uh, we do have our careers panel where we've got about, uh, we have four guests coming on uh, from Afterpay, Arnott's, um, a couple other media agencies as well, who are going to like basically tell us like what, how their journey into the industry came about and um, what they enjoy about the industry and best entice some other people to get into it. Um, as well as the other part of things that we do is social. So we do encourage all our members to meet other media students, people from other degrees and faculties and basically um, provide a really holistic experience to make all of our unique experiences more enjoyable. I love it. So it sounds like you do a lot of, of uh, for, for many uni students or students doing kind of advertising, public relations, media. This is a, a really awesome organization. For example, if you want to make contacts, you want to meet, meet people mm. that you know, um, and you also want to get a feel for some sort of practical work uh, of putting your degree to actual use. Certainly, yeah. I think it was last year through our events, we actually had uh, four students end up getting jobs or internships for, as a, like a direct result of the contacts that they got from the events, which was really spectacular to see like the physical impact that we've had um, as an organization on people's lives, careers. I love it. Karisha, I know you work as the, the project's team director. So what are some of the stuff like the day-to-days that you get up to, particularly uh, particularly on campus at UNSW? Um, so this term, like our project's team has mostly been focusing on doing like a lot of video content. Like we make a lot of content that's like funny, engaging, but also kind of like relevant to what um like media students would want to know about um yeah yeah sounds like it's a lot of fun and, and a great place where people can can go and hang out and talk about all sorts of media and also get in touch with people within the know um in t- so in terms of upcoming stuff happening on campus because i know that it's been a very slow transition back to campus for a lot of universities mm-hmm. not just unsw uh, what are some of the fun exciting events uh, that you have coming up as part of that Sure. Um, so I think our biggest, most flagship event that's going to be happening at the early term two. So if you don't know, you know, somebody does a trimester system. So that'll be around about mid-year. Um, we are doing a 
uh, interfaculty camp between um, ourselves, the UNSW Economic Society, and the uh, Digital Society at UNSW. Uh, that camp, whilst it is very exciting, unfortunately at this time it is sold out. So I don't know if I should promote it too hard, uh, but we're really looking forward to doing that one um, come term two. Uh, the other thing we do have next week is we are holding a pub crawl in collaboration with the UNSW Marketing Society. So we'll be hitting the streets of uh, Sydney City um, with a couple other drink deals, meet some friends, have a great time, and have a great night. Um, as well as, of course, the careers panel that I mentioned earlier that will be happening later today. Um, so, again, I'll go too much into it. <laughs> Well, it sounds absolutely amazing. And I think a lot of folks over at UNSW should definitely go and check you out if they haven't already. And in regards to that fun little adventure, well, it might be sold out, but there's always next year. Um, so you can always go and check it out for yourself. <laughs> and future um, friends, we've got plenty more coming in, in the year. So <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about books because we are, in fact, a book, po- a book podcast and that's what we get up to. Um, what... Uh, I'll throw to you first, Croatia. What's what sort of books do you go for? Are you someone who is very dedicated? You're all about studying the uni texts and stuff like that, or are you just like I just want books for goddamn escapism because I, I read enough during stu- my student day today? Yeah, basically the second one. Like as a media student, we have a lot of like readings like every week that we have to do, and the type that I like to read for like my personal pr- pleasure is like. Uh, fantasy like romance young adult fiction like all that feels good stuff where you don't really have to think too hard you sort of like feel like you're in a lot better world (laughs) yeah I don't blame you it's as a as someone who personally will admit that before I came to university I considered myself an absolutely terrible reader there are a few things more enjoyable than being able to actually just look at this text that you're reading for work for uni and going, oh my God, I hate this. I can't do this any longer. And then suddenly going off and exploring another world instead. Uh, so vibing hard. Um, Jamie, are you the same or are you a dedicated um, media book devourer? I genuinely, I think I definitely agree with um, when it's a signed reading and you have to sit down and then you know you have to do it. And it's like, and you're looking at the patient and you go, oh, 20 pages oh the humanity goodness me um but then if you're doing it out of like your own discretion and it's like i could very easily read the same article just in my spare time be like oh this is really interesting but then there's something about the cloud of this is now assigned and i have to read it and it's like oh i'm gonna sleep um but i think i i don't swing too much towards a fiction i do in like my own personal reading that's outside of the uni stuff i quite like uh the non-fiction stuff and I, despite my degree, I do actually quite enjoy um, some science stuff. I very almost, very well almost did genetics as my uni degree. And I do love, I love reading about that sort of stuff as well as, um, I don't know, just general sociology. Sorry. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, let's dive into the books that you are both reading and enjoying this week. Um, and Krisha, I'm going to throw to you first. Uh, what have you brought along for us to get our teeth into uh, in our book discussion podcast this week? Um, well, I guess there's two books that I was looking at sharing with you guys. So first one is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Um, this one is actually one that I got as a recommendation of Book Talk. 
Yes. <laughs> praise, praise book talk. We praise book talk. Yes, please. I love book talk so much. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like almost all my recent recommendations of books are just from book talk. Um, this community on TikTok is so good. Um, yeah, like the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is actually outside of like my normal reading range because I think I don't know I would consider it as like a historical fiction, which it's actually something I would normally not read at all. <laughs> um, but it was written just like so well that it was still really, really compelling story. And like, I just couldn't put it down. So what's, I actually, okay, I have full context here. I actually have no idea what The Seven Wives of Evelyn Hugo is about. Having heard so much about it and having had it like driven into me all the time of this is the book that's going nuts you need to check this out for anyone who is not familiar can you give us like a barroom pitch for what it's about yeah it's actually called the seven husbands of evil and hugo that's the ones um, yes <laughs> <laughs> so i guess it's about this lady evelyn hugo she's like a big superstar in like hollywood um I can't remember the exact time frame. I think it's like 1950s or something like that. And basically, like, she's this big star and she's nearing, like, the end of her life and she's asked um, this journalist um, who's not really any big name in the media sector, but this journalist, Monique, she's asked her specifically to write, like, her autobiography. Um, so the book kind of has the two perspectives of this journalist interviewing Evelyn, um, asking her about her life and, um, all of that. And then it also goes into the perspective of like actually listening to Evelyn's whole life story, basically. And you kind of go through like how she got from like a poor, a very, very poor situation into that like Hollywood fame um and like the seven husbands she's had in between but it's not really about the husbands if that makes sense <laughs> it, it never should be um <laughs> never should be i'm also excited because it's also being adapted actually it's going to be this netflix are actually going to adapt this this book as well which is even more exciting that's how you know that the, the the book it's has made stuff. it it's good stuff because netflix is, is getting on that on the train um, I love it. And, and we've heard about this book pretty much nearly in nearly every single pod, uh, podcast that we've done, you know, with people who are fascinated with book talk. It is everywhere. You cannot escape it. And, uh, and it is there for good reason. Um, what's the other book that you've brought along uh, for this week? Uh, yeah, the other book is actually called What If It's Us? It's not as popular a book. I actually first read it before book talk came around so <laughs> it was an original find um <laughs> she's a trendsetter an influencer <laughs> i see it <laughs> um but yeah this one's um a really like feels good book it's um a standalone and so i find it like really easy to read like multiple times and like in between when i might not be in such like big series that other like fantasy books can be in um it's basically a cute gay romance um, so two guys meet each other by chance at a New York post office and then they get separated and they don't even know each other's names. And the guy, one of the guys is like, 
damn, that guy is cute. I really want to find him again. And <laughs> so it's like their journey of like, like once they find each other, like how will things actually work? Like, is it fate or is it like not? Um, they're like two very different like backgrounds, like economically, um, culturally, everything like that. And like, it's just really cute um, in that, yeah, it's got a very different perspective. Like, I really like how, I guess, more um, inclusivity is coming into, like, fiction in the last several years. And, like, I'm straight myself, but I still really enjoy reading this as just, like, a feels-good book. You're absolutely right. We've One of the things that we have really loved just in the book space is actually just not just with with YA but also just kids books in general mm-hmm. like children in kids books so many of them are no longer focusing on yes on the traditional quote-unquote uh, perspectives of 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 love um a lot of them are really you know opening up and, and examining queer love and and showing it as a very normal thing and the fact that there are lots of uh, YA books that are really good. There are so many fantastic uh, YA books, uh, um, you know, kids and YA books, and you know, even in broader books in general that are bringing this front and center. Um, I think is awesome. And yet another one. I love it. I love that there's another one out there with the, you know, what if it's us? Um, amazing. I love those recommendations. Thank you so much, Carisha. No um, so before we jump over to Jamie and hear what books he's been reading and enjoying we we are in fact sponsored yes we have a sponsored book this week which i find super exciting and sticking with the theme of love the book is called wedding bush road by david francis that is our sponsored book of the week when daniel a young australian lawyer based in in los angeles is called back to his family's farm he has to contend not only with a philandering father and a sick mother but also the burden of memory He arrives in the heat of his parents' conflict with Sharon, sometime tenant and his father's ex-lover, who is now squatting on family land. As Daniel is increasingly drawn to Sharon, tensions spark events that will change them all. With a keen eye for the Australian landscape and set against the workings of a rural horse farm, Wedding Bush Road is a stunning novel about the choices we make, the regrets that linger, and the unquestionable, inevitable pull of home. It is our sponsored book of the week, Wedding Bush Road by David Francis. And you can check it out right now uh, in, at booktopia.com.au. Links are in the description. All right. Last but certainly not, le- not least, I will turn to our second guest, um, which is Jamie. Jamie, what books have you brought along for us to discuss this week? Sure. Uh, so my, my first pick for this week uh, did not come from Booktop. Instead, it came from a um, bit of a weird connection, but it's the... I was hanging out by the Fremantle Surf Club when I was back home in Perth over the summer holidays. And then um, I ended up chatting to the club's photographer. And then he's like, oh, so you're studying media, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's this great book I reckon you should check out. And I went, oh, okay, sounds great. Cool, cool. Um, but then I took him up on the advice and I was like, okay, let's go check it out. That's, he, he did kind of pitch it to me and sell it to me in almost a very similar fashion to how I'm going to describe it. Uh, but basically, the book by uh, Stephen Kotler, Ceiling Fire, is um, basically, ex- it's a nonfiction that explores um, altered states of minds and just altered consciousness. And it's very, it's not in the sense of like, okay, we're just talking about psychedelics here, uh, but it's actually talking about um, 
how the Navy SEALs, Buddhists, and Google uses like altered states of consciousness to increase efficiency and uh, creativity. And they found basically there's a little section on it, which is from some researchers finding the, I guess, the biological reason for spirituality or like in the spiritual sense. Um, and I've, I've got a bit, I've read myself a little bit of a quote here, which is um, the researchers found extreme concentration can cause the right parietal lobe to shut down. And when this happens, we no longer distinguish the self from the other. And that's basically the, I guess, the neurological, biological reason beneath spirituality and like how it was able to, oh, that's why they feel like they're connected to the world around them and um, almost feel that life presence. And I think that's such a really amazing, cool thing. I guess in practicality, I found it also very interesting because uh, they talk about this, this thing called flipping the switch or group flow, which they use for the Navy SEALs. And there's this whole section on it's a, per Navy SEAL, they spend hundreds of thousands on just the selection process, on just figuring out whether or not you're going to get in. And then it goes to actually training them. But to actually figure out whether or not you're going to get in, it needs, they need to figure out are you going to fit in with the group flow and the group, the group dynamic? Because if you're not able to make those quick decisions with the group, then that you're not making the cut. Um, but it's just what they described it as a group flow in a similar way of the spirituality where you feel connected to, I mean, spirituality, you feel connected to everything else around you within the group flow. You're actually connected to the people around you, the team that's with you. Um, so they talk about in the Navy SEALs context, obviously you need to make very quick, snappy decisions as a team. And often that doesn't require verbal communication. It just needs to be automatic. Uh, but they also talk about it in um, Google and IT and Silicon Valley and uh, creative teams that really like need to solve huge technical issues and they need the creativity to get there. Um, and one, funny enough, instead of being like, oh, bro, just like take drugs that'll get you to a different state of consciousness uh they referenced uh kite surfing and surfing as being able to or just anything that can get your heart racing and like can shut down your frontal lobe to like stop overthinking things to like just start going things can actually really help um and i think that's just a really cool concept that i i would love to um i guess include that a bit more into my life and just make sure things are saying exciting so you are able to access those I guess, altered states of consciousness. So you're basically saying it's the self-help book to end all self-help books. You're basically saying every, all the other self-help books are doing it wrong. You just shortcut this way and you... And you Funny and enough, I think that's the blur. That's, <laughs> it's actually not too far off of what they, they say. No. It's like, oh, this is the shortcut to... Um, I'm going to Google else. this and see if that's actually the case. <laughs> have, you tried, have you tried it out? Have you, try, have you been able to actually successfully get this shortcut so i think it's i mean if you took it at like obviously not a navy seal level but at a, a smaller level of um you can kind of feel that sense when you're playing sport if you're in a uh, group dynamic when you're trying to come up with a solution to a problem i guess if you're playing sport there is a certain point with if you're in a really good team you're not really like you don't have to be yelling at each other hey you go here you just already know yeah i know that um Carissa and my netball team is going to be standing on my left in like two seconds and you don't have to think about it you just do it um so it doesn't have to be like the big picture stuff but i think those small things is um 
it, almost like in a mindfulness sense, it's cool to recognize when um, those part of your brain is shutting down and you start thinking about those things. I love it. That's so cool. It sounds like uh, I haven't been doing life properly. And this is the book, that, and this is the book to to help you out um, in that time. Amazing, I love it. Um, what else have you brought along? So my second one, I guess, in more of the spirit of media, and um, I guess less so advertising, but uh, advertising convinced, but definitely public relations is um, our good friend Noam Chomsky and his book Manufacturing Consent. It is one that has been part of our uni readings. Um, has been part of. It's part of my high school readings for media, but it's one that I really, I wouldn't say resonates or makes me cheerful because it is a pretty <laughs> um, almost terrifying prospect of basically, he talks about the, the propaganda model and how mass media communication is able to, uh, I believe it's from a different author, but the quote is, whilst the media cannot tell you what to think, they can influence what you think about. Mm. Yes. And that has been the topic sentence for far too many of my essays. Um, <laughs> but basically, yeah, so Noam kind of goes into a bit of um, how if you're, if you're able to frame the conversation around, I guess, if you, I'm going to avoid the political stuff, but if you, I don't know, let's go for the generally acceptable one, climate change. Instead of talking about whether... <laughs> It, it turned into a conversation of whether or not climate change is happening rather than what we should do to actually combat it. And if you're able to frame the conversation away from, again, you're not having to think about it. I, have to, I don't have to tell you what to think about how to combat climate change because we're not even talking about that. It's not even in the conversation. We then, we just need to focus, oh, should we do anything? How much is it going to cost? I don't know, maybe we should talk about that. Um, mm. And I guess through the lens of mass media, um, it's a particular problem in Australia because we do have uh, those good old Murdoch newspapers um, and Nine Fairfax, which do control a gobbler of a lot of the mass media and um, the mainstream forms. When there's very few, like, I guess, diverse, I'm, there's a lot more independent news outlets now um, or with online stuff, but it's not cutting through the same way. You can really shape what the conversation is about. And I think that's really... It's very relevant to my degree and what I've chosen to bring in today, but I think it's both fascinating and terrifying. It is incredibly fascinating and incredibly terrifying. I love this book. Um, mm. It's a, it's just the the examination of the power structures that 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 the media space also functions within. Um, you can see it these days. Basically, whoever has the power can controls the means of information mm. and determines how things how the debate is framed, um, which I think is kind of one of the big. Uh, big takeaways from from uh, from this book. Um, sure. It is terrifying. It is absolutely <laughs> terrifying. I mean, look, it's something that you need to know, and I think everyone should read yeah. it at some point in their life. But yeah. It, yeah, it's it doesn't necessarily mean it's a it's a it's a positive read. But at least at the end, I, when I when I finished it the first time, I was like, God, I need to go and do something about this, uh, or like mm. try and make some small small change that I can. It's a it's a fascinating fascinating yeah structural frame. Uh, to to study media in the way we process information. Thank you so much, Jamie. That was like some seriously amazing books, and I also love the fact that that you've brought some media books along as well um, <laughs> to dis to discuss the world that that we're in right now. But also, more importantly, how important media actually is in this day and age, and why it's important that we we look after it and make sure we we do stuff properly. Um. So before we finish up, 
before we finish our podcast for today, I have brought along some serious, silly booked out questions and, and strange, silly hypothetical scenarios around books. And I'm going to pose them to both of you to have a bit of them as a fun kind of way to finish. What is the perfect idea of a night with a book for you? Mm. The perfect idea of a night with a book? Mm. Okay, this one might be like a little too classic, but you know, I'm into like those little like romance fiction books. So I would definitely want to be like in a nice big comfy bed to start with. The second key ingredient is a very nice steaming cup of hot chocolate. And then thirdly is a good book to curl up with and read in bed. And then fourthly is a nice little lamp. I feel like a big room light, it just doesn't give the vibes. Like mm. you need that little reading lamp that just like lights up your book perfectly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that would be my perfect reading light. It's a classic for a reason. Like, it's a classic for a reason. There's few pl- better places in the world than reading a book in bed or on the couch or oh, in a hammock. And yes. Sorry. It <laughs> would definitely have to be raining outside. I yes. That. Yes. It has to be raining outside. Yes. I will say it's one of the big positives of all. To come. I mean, obviously, the rain has been continuous and nonstop and horrendous and it's ruined our summer and, you know, affected a lot of people. But the, uh, the rain in... Uh, the chance to like sit indoors and read a book while it's raining outside has been one tiny, tiny joy that has been, that has kind of come out of it, um, which is absolutely lovely. Uh, oh, you're making me want to, you're making me want to want to clock off early and go and go lie in bed and read a book. Um, uh, Jamie, are you in a similar, in a similar mindset or do you have a particular other vibe with your book reading that you go for? I think staying on theme for this episode, I'm quite the opposite. I, I think I'm very much, I'm very much a summer guy. I love, I love the summer. I love the beach. And I think I would probably, I guess, because I, as you were speaking, I was thinking this through. Um, but I think mine would be very much, it's a nice warm, not like excruciating the hot, but it's a nice warm summer afternoon, maybe by a pool or by a beach as the sun sets over, just somewhere with a view in the background, um, with a cold drink in hand um then I but then then I kept thinking right which made me back, double back on this a little bit which is we're now talking about summer night mosquitoes um bugs and then it's gonna get dark <clears throat> so maybe maybe reconsidering and I might have to come over to I guess that warmer feel I think um just anywhere if it's I'll say it's a nice big comfy couch. It's really cushioned. It's fluffed up. We're gonna put um, the lighting will be very ambiance. We have some candles flickering. Um, a nice big fluffy blanket that goes over the top of it. Um, I'm I'm a terrible book reader in that it, it's very relaxing, so it ends up putting me to sleep quite quickly. So the remedy to this is I'm gonna make sure I'm not in bed because that's too tempting. So I will knock <laughs> off if that happens. Um, so we're going to say it's like in, in, the, in the living room. You've got to, oh, if we're in winter, let's have a fireplace going. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. And oh. then I've never seen the snow, but I imagine it'd be very nice to have it snowing outside. Oh, yeah. So, like almost like a cabin lodge. Oh. So, so I know yeah. I started with a beach there and I'm really 
took a turn, but you've gone, you've gone like 360. Like you've taken me, you've taken mm. me like to to a beautiful beach in in Cottesloe or somewhere, and now we're back <laughs> in uh, now we're back in in the snowy mountains mm. and and with snow outside. Um, I would have said yes to both of them. You, you get so you get double points if we were marking this, but we're not marking this. So, so I appreciate that. I respect. Right, my that. wham really needs it right now, so we'll take the marks. <laughs> um, second question, sticking with the weird hypotheticals. You are stuck on a desert island, and you can only take three big, uh, three books with you while you are waiting for help. What books can you take? And series book series do not count. So no Harry Potter. <laughs> or you can say a Harry Potter, but you can only pick one, like one, like you can't take the whole series with you. Um, I'll throw to Jamie first. Jamie, I can see that you're puzzling and I'm, so I'm going to throw you under the bus. You're going first. Mm, okay. So I think I'd probably, okay. I'm going to try, I'll probably, I'll give two answers and then I'm going to give a cop-out answer, which is I think I'm going to take, I'm going to take my boy Gnome with me. Maybe not manufacturing consent, but I'll take one of his other books just because it is a lengthy one. So it's going to help pass the time. Um, the second, I'd, I'm going to take a comfort read, which I'm going to say that comfort read is going to be Hunger Games Catching Fire. It's one of the first series that I really got into as a, as a kid. Um, well, I guess young adult. Let's not go too young enough. Uh, and then my third one is... A book I haven't read because I think I need a bit of variety and I like I can read the same thing over and over but that's going to do us no good so that's my cop out answer I bring something that I haven't read maybe I'll take today's sponsor uh what's it Wedding Bush Road with me Get that yes Wedding Bush Road oh hell yes that's a good decision oh yes please I like your attitude I like the approach you're taking taking something you know some something comforty but also Throwing yourself out there a little bit. I like it. I respect that. Karisha, are you in the same mindset or are you all going to, I get a sense, I don't want to, to, to put you in a box, but considering your love of YA and uh, and everything, I'm assuming we're about to be hit with a YA extravaganza. Um, yes. Actually, wait, we're not doing this live. <laughs> so I have a book on my bookshelf that I really love to grab in like two seconds because I've forgotten the title. That's okay. <laughs> The joys of not life. <laughs> um, welcome to the halftime report. Um, Thought <laughs> side with Nick. Uh, Nick, how do you think it's going? What do okay. I think is going? Oh, she's okay, back. Sorry. Yes, she's back on. <laughs> the end of the halftime report. Two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so I got this book when I was actually in primary school. It's called Australian Animals Are Smarter Than Jack, and basically. <laughs> It's a collection of short stories, like real life stories that like people have submitted of like their animals, like being really smart in different situations. And it's like really, really heartwarming because a lot of them are like the animals like doing something for their owners. And every time I go traveling, I take this book with me because it's so small, like it's so thin, but it's also like different stories within. So like, it's always like, new to me in a way and it's just really cute <laughs> you, and you'd on a beach on a, on a desert island you'd need something cute i respect that exactly. i respect that 
That's a good one. So would you just take that book or would you, or that is what is that, that is what you would, would get you through? No, through. this is just my first choice. Like if I could only <laughs> take one, I would take this book. Um, I love but it. now that I have three, um, my other ones would definitely be within the YA section. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my second one would actually be Graceling. Um, it's a standalone-ish because it's got like a sequel, but also, like, you don't have to read the sequel-ish. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, they're in the same world, but they're not the same characters, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So it's called Graceling, and basically I really like it because the main character is a really badass girl who, like, no, like can hold her own. She's got, like, assassin skills and all of that, and we love those badass main female characters. <laughs> Um, and she's got powers. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> um, and my third book would probably just be like a feel-as-good romance. Maybe just the one I mentioned before. What if it's us? Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, what a great list! Thank you. Jeez, I should, I should, I should get re- introduce you to our kids and YA category manager Sarah McDooling because she uh, would just be she'd be vibing hard right now with every single every single pick that you've that you've gone with and I love it um (laughs) next question our our penultimate question you're in a lecture that's been going on for three hours and you're tired slash bored slash amazed that lecturer can speak in one single monotone voice for so long do you read your textbook and if so, what is the book you read uh, to pass the time? Or do you have a sneaky other book that you bring into class that you hide behind your normal textbook that you would read instead? And if so, what book would that be? Carisha, I'll throw to you first. Mm, if I was really bored with the class, like why would I want to read the textbook as well? Mm-hmm. I think um, maybe I'd read it later. I try to be a good student like that, but um, probably not during class because that's just too try hard. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I would be reading a different book. Um, since I don't like use handwritten notes or anything, it would probably be on my computer screen. Um, it's a lot easier to hide that way as well. Smart. Yes. Um, you got to think smart when you're not paying attention in class. <laughs> um, so it would probably be just whatever I was reading at the time. Um, currently, I'm actually reading A Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, so maybe that one. Oh, yes, some Sarah J Mass. Yes, please. Thank yeah. you. Oh, great pick. Yes. Even, and, and I love the fact that you do, you're reading it on your computer because if you weren't, that is a brick. You're bringing like a, you'd be bringing a brick in, which wouldn't be very subtle at all. So smart move to put it on the computer. I like that. Um, uh, Jamie, are you the teacher's pet? Would you be reading the textbook or uh, would you be escaping? I think I'm in a similar thought to Krisha in that if I'm finding the lecture boring, I do not want to be also looking down the, the textbook. I think the most realistic answer is actually I'd be on my laptop looking at the Facebook. Uh, but for this book <laughs> podcast, I'd probably say, your answer, I want a bit of a pick-me-up. I probably want something comedic. Um, I think I would go with Hamish and Andy's power moves. Oh, yes. 
Nice. I like that. What if you start laughing during the lecture because you're reading the book? How big's the lecture hall? That's the second part. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it's like 10 of us, okay, maybe not. Um, but if it's a big lecture hall, I think we've all very much seen the, the people who do it. I don't know. I don't even know what they're doing there. They've just rocked up and they're just sitting on some flash game or they're just um, very much not paying attention. They don't. They're doing the lecture regardless, you know? You could get away with a mild chuckle or two if you had a, if you had a massive lecture hall. I approve. Oh, I love it. I, I, I respect your honesty because I, I know that I would be like, I would try and read the try and, and read the textbook or read another book, but I would find myself just going to sleep. I would just fall asleep. That's my, that would be my issue. It was the ultimate, it's the ultimate, uh, if, you, if you've had a bad night's sleep before, uh, a, a two hour lecture is the perfect solution to make you go to sleep. Oh yeah, and if you're reading a book you like, like at least you look awake. Yes, exactly. That's mm. right. That's right. Um, final question. So, say this whole university and you know public relations, advertising degree, everything doesn't work out, and you end up getting kicked out of university. Uh, but you get the option to go to a fictional school. Which fictional school would you go to? And you can't have Hogwarts. Making me cry. I know oh, everyone. <laughs> everyone has always responded to this question. Oh, I'd go to Hogwarts, so I'm being mean just to you guys and uh, saying you can't have Hogwarts. Where would you go instead? Other other magical schools are open, by the way. I'm just saying Hogwarts. You can't have Hogwarts. I actually have an answer for this one, um, since it looks like Jamie is still thinking. <laughs> I am struggling. <laughs> you know, the great thing about YA fiction is that a lot of them are set in magical, fantastical schools. So I have plenty of options to go with that's not Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Um, but uh, it's from the Medoran Chronicles. The first book in the series is called Arcana. Akane um I think that's what you said um but yeah their school there is so cool okay they have this thing called like a playroom and like the playroom is like basically like a very comfy room with a giant tv but it's not tv because it's vr headsets and you get to watch movies or play games and it's like extremely extremely like realistic um and that just sounds so cool to me oh yes that sounds like heaven thank you what would you study there can you study anything at this at this school I'm, i have no i have no idea of the context but would um, you would you do or do you just just go there do what you got to do and then be like yep yeah, i'm educated now done <laughs> the school had like normal subjects i think but then they also had cool subjects that were related to like the people's like gifts in the mm. um like their magical powers type stuff um so, yeah, like, oh, they had this one class that was kind of just teaching you, like, life skills and, like, how to be stealthy and cool like that. So that would be my favourite class. Oh, yes, please. Oh, what a great pick. Jamie, can you do, can you do one better than that? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can't think of a skill to save my life. <laughs> De like desperately googling right now for like something that's like oh right that one um it's really it's not coming to me um, well if you want you can come with me to asgard so i probably like we could you could do like 
Okay. I yep. like myself some, uh, I like myself. There are, we do have Marvel books and such. So I'd, inc- I'd include that within a fictional universe. Um, and mm. even if it's just a normal school at Asgard, in Asgard, you're basically a god. So I would go to Asgard. Or would it be one of those fish out of water stories where everyone else is a god and you're not? Yeah, so then you've got to, you got to learn to get along at school and then you know, everyone's flying around. And... Yeah, that's true. But part of me would still just be like, well, I want to see how cool Asgard is. Because, that's true. I, yeah. It's literally the heavens you know like, yeah just i i will i'll steal that pick i'll take asgard you can you can come with me to asgard i appreciate that thank you um i would love to keep chatting to you but unfortunately we are right out of time thank you so much jb and Grisha. it's uh been an absolute pleasure chatting to you both and hearing about what the advertising and public relations society for unsw gets up to it's been a pleasure having you on tell me what to read today Thank you very much for having us on. It's been it's been a great time. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. Um, so for all of our listeners, you can check out the awesome shenanigans that uh, the APRS gets up to in the description. I'll include a link uh, to all of their socials that you can check out. And if you need books, we currently have a back to uni sale at Booktopia. Oh. So you can get all of your books and texts right now using our textbook finder that we have. It's only for a limited time, so be sure to get on it. Uh, risk it for the biscuit you'll have some fun there Um, add to that as well you can also if you just don't want textbooks and you just want to buy any books it can be any book whether it be texts or books that you need to escape from texts we've got this website booktopia.com.au it's a good website you should check it out go buy a book help me keep a job and everything will be wonderful Um, so stay tuned for our episode on Friday uh, which is coming up where we'll be discussing the announcement of the Stella Prize shortlist for 2022 which will be super exciting thank you for listening and never stop reading 